welcome to our bonus episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Jowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And this time we're looking at Necessary Roughness from 1991, directed by Stan Dragoody? This year, the Texas State Armadillos are a little short on talent. Uh, show me the arms, huh? Throw the ball, genius. How about that? He stinks at two sports. But Coach Riggs thinks he knows where to find it. I never saw anybody fire that football the way you did. Maybe you should stay here with all your high school trophies. I wonder just how great you might have been. Now Paul Blake is back to finish the season he started 16 years ago. I hope he gets younger as he gets closer. Whoa, a 40-year-old freshman? Yeah, maybe he knew Elvis. We're taught to respect our elders. Well, I'm not that ill. Trying to win with raw talent won't be easy. Again! Because this is as raw as it gets. One score! Come on now! That's better! We'll be the laughing stock of college football. Blow the whistle! Blow the whistle! What do you think we are now? It has to be your team. Hey, come on, you don't want to mess with us. We're nobodies. I want someone to be their leader, not to leave them behind. This Armadillo team is on a roll after last week's non-loss. Nobody thinks a team of wannabes, led by a has-been, can make it through the season. You guys got a hell of a lot of energy. Let's consider we lost by 40 points. Bumble But the Armadillos are taking it one game at a time. <laughs> That's what happened to wrestling, man. Women take over the sport, man. What we need to do is get crazy. We need to get wild. We need to Hey, little doggy, you about to get fixed. Necessary roughness. I've been waiting for you. You should be waiting for the guy to cut your hair. It was his final film, apparently. Oh, well, it's a good, pretty good way to go out. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he had a good burger career. <laughs> no, well, the good burger that turned into CEO of Paramount. Yeah, um, oh, wait, that's the TV series of Necessary Roughness I pulled up there. Did you hey, know they made a TV series of it? I, I I did read that. I have never seen it, and I'm not sure I want to see it. It was probably one of those canceled after three episodes things. Yeah. But no, Stan Dragody directed Mr. Mom and Love at First Bite. Ah, good old Mr. Mom. Yep, but Necessary Roughness is an interesting movie. Uh, you're, you brought this one up, just like out of, I remember a movie that existed. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I was like, it's like when I was a kid, there was this football movie that I saw in the rental store all the time with a football with a cowboy hat on it. Yeah. It's, it's called <laughs> Necessary Roughness. It's like, okay, let's do this one. So the movie opens with credits, apparently, um, and we learned this time that Scott Bakula has leaped into the body of a retired, <laughs> of a retired high school football player who's a farmer. That's right. 
That's right. That's exactly what he's done. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Ziggy is there going, oh, oh. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Scott Bakula was a quantum leap. <laughs> you have to help this football player succeed in order to make the next leap. <laughs> Fuck you, Dean Stockwell. <laughs> Honestly, you could tack that on at the beginning of this movie, and it would work just fine. Yeah, just at the put Dean Stockwell at the beginning and end, and it would just this does feel like right. a Quantum Leap episode. Well, it came out in 1991 during the run of Quantum Leap. Yeah, I mean, you could just we could just make that edit, and then boom, the yeah. Lost Leap episode. But he is over the credits. He he drives his tractor out to some field and just throws around a football. Calls out plays to nobody. And uh, I'd like to point out at this point that the score is done by Bill Conti. Yes! Of Rocky and Karate Kid fame. And yes. it is a very much Bill Conti soundtrack, and it is awesome. Yeah, you get... I think I have a note way at the end of the movie. I'm like, full-on Conti sound. Oh, yeah, it is. Yes. It's chest kiss. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> but we learn about the uh, Texas State fighting armadillos. Yeah. Which, to put some um, context here, there was no Texas State University in 1991. Yes, in 1991. There is one. There is now. There the is now. Texas schools have adopted that uh, that name. But in 1991, there was not, so they were able to make up this team. And they, they've... They're just, like, notorious NCAA violations. So they've had to forfeit everything, and it's, let's see, scandal, scandal, scandal is all I have there for notes. <laughs> so this is based on, on something that actually happened. Southern Methodist University, SMU, another Texas school, by the way, uh, was given what they called the death penalty for pretty much doing exactly what the school did, paying players and doctoring grades and Basically, they were banned from bowl games for a while. They weren't allowed to get scholarships. And they call it the death penalty largely because it just kills your program. Like, you're not going to be. It took SMU, I don't know how many years, 50 years to come back from it. Well, all of the coaches are fired and all the players are banned. And one of the rules is the players must be real students. Right. Well, what they mean by that the students that are admitted to the school not on football scholarship. So they have to just pull from the general student body. Yeah, in fact, that's one of the other rules, is they're not allowed to have athletic scholarships. Which is accurate. That is something that is done. I think, actually, I think Penn State also got the death penalty in the wake of the Sandusky thing. I'm not 100% certain oh. on that. But. They only have one player that survived this purge. Because he was a walk-on. Yep. Charlie Banks. Played by Jason Bateman. Yep. And I would like to point out that um, this school had won the national championship, college national championship, the year before they got hit with the death penalty. So <clears throat> this is a pretty big fall. Yep. And they get a new coach. who's the guy that's commenting on TV that they call Ed Straight Arrow Gennaro uh, because he's just an incorruptible man. Like, inflexibly incorruptible. Like, there's there's no give with this guy. Yeah, they're, they're like, you fired half of your team for something and then still went on to win a, a championship. Yeah. Yeah, and they get him to be the coach. 
along with oh, who was the other coach? Robert Loja. Robert Loja. L is in Loja. Right. Exactly. They have this dialogue between the two, the two coaches, that I wrote yeah. here. It's odd dialogue pacing, and it's too trite. It is just nothing but exposition that they are speaking at each other. And somewhat irrelevant exposition. It's like, like are you still an alcoholic? Yeah, stuff that doesn't really come up again. They kind of establish that they've known each other a long time, and they're kind of making fun of each other. But every line is just filled with exposition. Only half of it ever comes to anything. Yeah. But it's not a way that people talk. Yeah, not well. <laughs> Maybe football coaches, I don't know. But I mean, well, it's one of the most biggest things in screenwriting that people do is that you have characters that speak in exposition, which does not match how people talk, and it puts, pulls people out of the movie. That's true. I like uh, to speak in exposition. <laughs> and so we get the football tryouts. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a basketball stadium. In a basketball <laughs> arena, whatever. In their Court. gym. <laughs> yeah. It's in the, they're in their gym. And we meet a cast of colorful characters we sadly don't spend a whole lot of time with. Yeah, I don't remember the names of most of the characters in this movie. I'm not going to lie. There's that really gung-ho boot campy one that's like, Sir, yes, sir! Sarge, yeah. I think they all have, like, nicknames. But they're barely ever really used. Yeah, they don't really... Like, the characters have, like, a gimmick? Yeah. I think is the best way to describe them. They have a gimmick for a couple scenes, and that's it. Yeah. It really is pretty much just the coaches and Scott Bakula in this movie. Oh, and Sinbad. Mm-hmm. We'll we get just, to Sinbad in a minute. We do. He shows up randomly. Yeah. There's a few other things that happened before that we'll discuss. But we get that Scott Bakula was a star high school football player. Yes. Who never went to college and just became a farmer. So they go to like, hey, you never enrolled in college, which means you can start as a freshman and be on our team. Which is true. He has, he's never enrolled, so he has full eligibility. Yep. And I guess it, the reason is his dad died and he went to take care of the farm. Yeah. So but, he just never got a chance to do what he was going to do. So he's like, what? 40? He's recruited to Penn State. So. He's 34, apparently. Ah. Looks like he's 50. He does. And they make so many jokes about him being like an old student. Like he goes to the dorms, to, you know, where he's living. And they're like, who's your son that goes here? To be fair, if he actually looked like he was 34 and not Scott Bakula, you'd probably get a little less of that. Um, but there's a bunch of fish-out-of-water old man in college jokes for the entire movie. Yep. And, you know, and he's on the football team. But... Like, he's he's 34. He comes up. He literally comes up to the football uh, practice, looking like the Marlboro Man. <laughs> and they're like, "This is our star quarterback." And uh, straight arrow coach is like, "I hope he gets younger as he gets closer." <laughs> no, he just gets older and older as he comes up. Um, I but, suppose we should talk about Larry Miller's dean at some point. Oh, I will in just a second, but the thing about him being, you know, 
34, quote unquote. That's the same age when I went to college. <laughs> and I learned really fast that when you're in your 30s, yeah, you, you don't do extracurriculars at the university. Yeah, probably not. The, the re- whole reason he, to be fair, the whole reason he came here was to play football. But I'm like, even at 34, being a college freshman, I felt like the steepest scammy meme. <laughs> Hello, fellow children. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had to go to a orientation. Uh. But it's an orientation presentation meant for people that are 18, 19 years old. Right. About responsible drinking. And I was like, I'm a 34 year old functional alcoholic. I know all about that. That's right. That's exactly. <laughs> I've been responsibly drinking for 30 years now. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's the first day of kindergarten. My mom slapped me on the back and said, Drink up. That's right. <laughs> These guys tell you how to fucking raise you. A motherfucker, man. Hey, kindergarten's rough. That's right. But yes, um, the co- the the dean. It wouldn't be a, a it wouldn't be a sports comedy without the authority figure working to undermine, you know, the scrappy underdogs. And it's oh, Larry Miller. It's Larry Miller who, who looks like ten. And he plays, you know, evil, you know, authority figure in so many different comedies. Yeah, that's kind of his his bag. Yeah, and that's what he it. is here. He's good at it, yeah. Um, and he hates the football team. In fact, he hates, as his quote says, any mind-numbing sport that encourages corruption and barbarism. Yep, he hates football. And so he's just out to watch this team fail for, for no other reason than just to watch them fail. There are no stakes for him here. Nope. He just <laughs> hates football and hates the players. I mean, the team is... Absolute garbage, as we find out. I, I would like to point out at this point that this movie is kind of treading into the waters that Major League created two years prior in '89. That's Very not a bad much. thing, but this is the the archetypes we're talking about here. Yep. And we have their football practice, and it's just antics of people falling down. You know, as we see, just that they're this. Shitty team that's going to have to come around before the last act, pretty much. Yep. And the co- the coach is just like, keep trying. You got it. <laughs> that's right. Oh, uh, Scott Bakula's roommate is uh, a, a large uh, Polynesian gentleman. Samoan. Played by, he's a Samoan, yes. Played by uh, Peter Tuiasopo, who was... Um, E. Honda in the Street Fighter movie. That's where I knew him from. Mm-hmm. And then we also meet one of the professors that he flirts with. Well, it's the only professor he flirts with. But we yeah. meet a professor. Well, we only meet two professors in the whole fucking movie. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah. She teaches journalism, which right. I, I guess is fitting for a woman that was on... Um, 13 consecutive Sports Illustrated issues. Because that's Kathy Ireland. No, Kathy Ireland is the, uh, the soccer player. Oh, that's right! Kathy Ireland is the soccer player! 
Who the fuck is this lady? Uh, <laughs> good question. I've seen her in lots of stuff, actually. But uh, she's not in the cast. The only woman on the cast is listing is Kathy Ireland. Who the fuck is this woman? This is um. Harley oh. Jane Kozak. Yeah, she's downlisted in other. <laughs> oh, she's in movies. <laughs> Arachnophobia was the one I'm most familiar with. She's the mom, wife, from Arachnophobia. And speaking of the people that are listed in the other part of the cast listing, Rob Schneider's the football announcer. Who literally looks like a elementary school student in this movie. He does. God, he is young. Like, shockingly young. And he's he's got, also really funny. Yeah, he's got all that Rob Schneider wit. Yeah, he's he's rolling that, bringing that big Rob Schneider energy in. Mm-hmm. But he's doing the he's doing the the announcer, the sports announcer thing, like Bob Uecker in the major league. You know, he's he's making these like he's underplaying some of the play calls. Yeah, like how bad the team is playing. He's really uh. <laughs> Because they have their first game and they lose sixty-five to zero. I mean, it's just very pathetic. <laughs> they have no fans. They're not allowed to broadcast the game, like, like on TV or anything. So it's just literally Rob Schneider in the box calling like a radio broadcast. Like, oh no, a poor armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, we, but it's actually before this game we meet Sinbad, who is the other professor we meet. He's like an astrophysicist or something. Yeah, he teaches celestial mechanics. Well, he's teaching astronomy. Yeah. And um, he jokes about, like, oh, you know, Scott Bakula, did you pick this up for an easy science credit? Yeah, right, exactly. And I'm like, that's the same reason I took astronomy. So Sinbad, who I really like in this movie, by the way, um, is playing this guy who he just decided he wanted to do science. He was a football player, but he never used his last year of eligibility, so he's got one year left to play. Okay, they don't really make that clear, because he's a professor, and now he's on the team, and I'm like, you can't do that. I believe, actually, if I, I'm not 100% certain, but I think you can, actually, as long as you have eligibility. Yeah, you're still I, affiliated with the school. He's Then he's teaching without a degree <laughs> no 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 you can you can graduate and still have eligible college football eligibility because you have ah. you have four years of eligibility unless you redshirt in which case you still get a fifth year of eligibility because you were on the team but technically weren't on the team okay well so i mean get- i could see him being a student but like a master's level student because right, that that happens. There are graduate players. Like if you go through college rosters, there are people who are graduate um, who are doing whatever a PhD or a master's or something, but yeah, still have college eligibility well, left because they haven't played. When I was going for my master's, I taught high, uh, college comp. Yeah, um, has part of the master's program. <laughs> so yeah, he he's got some eligibility left. I think they specifically say he's got one year of eligibility left. And that's kind of the, that's the uh, I think that's kind of the technicalities they're working around is they find these guys who are veteran players but have college eligibility for various reasons. 
Yeah, and it's all above the board because, you know, like you said, they have their straight arrow coach, their incorruptible coach. Yeah, Robert Loge is uh, playing the, the fringes of creative recruiting here. So we have this random scene that's out of nowhere. And it's only introduced by voiceover, practically. Where you have, like, the dean and the coach on a phone call we don't see. It's like, I, I set you up a, a random scrimmage with a another, not university, he says, inst- state institution. Right, because they're, like, because they're playing, uh, cause these players are, they have a small team because several of the other players did not meet academic eligibility. So they have, most of them have to play on both sides of the football. So they, a normal football team, one half the team plays offense, one half the team plays defense. But if you don't have enough players, well, they have Iron Man football where they're playing. Yeah, which is a, a, a term I learned from this movie. Yeah. Brutal, brutal, brutal. So they're like, oh, they just need some conditioning. So the dean, who's once again just trying to hurt these kids. Yeah. Plus Scott Bakula. They play against a prison. <laughs> and at this point, I'd like to point out that all of the people from the prison are either professional football players from that era or Evander Holyfield. And I put in so these my are all notes, like big professional athletes. And I put in here that this is not even a game. They just show no, up and beat, beat, beat the shit, shit beat the shit out of them, and then get back on their bus. I'm like, I don't even see a play. They just showed up and beat the shit out of these kids and left. Pretty much. One of them swallowed a finger. That's right. And so we, yep, we have um, the opposite of a sports montage here is that it's a montage of them just losing over and over and over again. Yep. Mm-hmm. They are getting whooped on. And they get to a bar, you know, just to relax. They're not celebrating anything. Nope. Just trying to get, trying to drink off some pain and sadness. And they end up in a brawl. And Scott Bakula, you know, he's trying to keep a level head. He's like, we don't have any reason to fight you. We're the shittiest team in the, you know, NCAA. Now, I'm not 100% certain, but I think it's the dude who plays the leader of that up other football team, who's like the number one ranked team. Uh-huh. I believe that's the dude who plays Zangief in, uh, in Street Fighter. You know what if I recall correctly. If I recall correctly. Let's see, because the actor... There's an actor... The character's Wyatt Bodry. Okay. I'm not sure which character that is. But the dude who played him, Andrew Bernarski, and I'm sure I'm butchering that name, was Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, and he was Zangief in Street Fighter. Although he has a great line here. Uh-huh. When Scott Bakula's trying to just avoid the fight, he tells him, if I wanted a big brother, I wouldn't have killed mine. Yeah. <laughs> um. I must break you. <laughs> I must break you. But they have their brawl, but they clean it all up real quick before the, the dean comes by. Right. They're all like buddy-buddy and hanging out. <laughs> and basically the coach goes, you know, if we get caught in a brawl, that means 
the number one ranked team gets caught in a brawl, and then Texas, you know, we just that this can't happen. And so basically, they, the, the, the cops just swept it all under the rug to protect the the big football team. And so the dean didn't even get to to wreck his own team because because they got in a fight with the number one ranked team. It just yeah. got all brushed away. And it's not even to save their shitty team. It's to save that number no. one team. Yep. Yeah, it's like so that they, That team will get in trouble. Like, we, we we're fine being in trouble. That's right. They don't care about that team. But they're, they're a good team. They don't want them to get in trouble. So they were willing to just brush it all away. So they decide they need to recruit a kicker. Right. And so they get... Kathy Ireland, who's a soccer player. And, uh, yep, it's Kathy Ireland. One of my friends had a huge crush on her in high school. Or no, elementary school. I think elementary a lot school. of people did, because like I mentioned earlier, you know, she was She's, yeah. a very successful uh, model on 13... Apparently was kids. already married in this movie, though. She was married in 1988, so sorry, Tyler. You never had a chance, my friend. I mean, she was on 13 consecutive Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues. She's very popular in her era, for sure. Not the most talented actress, though. She's fine in this movie, though. She's fine, yeah. She's in one of my favorite bad uh, comedies, though. She's in National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon. Oh, I thought you were going to say Alien from L.A., which was the Mr. Science Theater episode. Not Alien from L.A. Um, yeah, Emilio Estevez. Yeah, movie, parody of 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 uh, Lethal Weapon. We've mentioned it before. A few yes, times. we have. Well, that's because I like the movie, so I bring it up whenever I can. <laughs> but there's some to do about like, ah, oh, you brought a girl on our on our team, which I guess isn't against the rules. It's not, and in fact, just this last season. Several Division One football schools had female kickers. Ah. So, uh, so know, finally, 30 years later, we uh, we got there. My thought during this scene was like, oh, this is Airbud rules. <laughs> no, no, it's not. A, Ain't no rule that says a dog can't play basketball. Which is, which is technically true. But in this case, yes. I mean, there's no gender restriction. They usually just don't put them in the uh, in the trenches because I don't care. There's there's a lot of strong women out there, but most of them aren't going to be able to handle a 350 pound dude running at them. But kicking they can do, and they're lucky to have this kicker because they get their very first kind of success in a game against Kansas. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, Kansas, Kansas is it Kansas or Kansas State? It's just Kansas. Um, I think it is University of Kansas. You're right. Uh, incidentally, have the record for most ties. Ah. Which I think might have been the reference. Um, in 1991, they actually had ties still in college. Now they don't. Yeah, because um, I was like, wait, don't they go into overtime? They do now. <laughs> they did not in 1991, though. And yes, it was Kansas. I mean, I don't know. But it is a horrible rainstorm that they're playing in. Yeah. I don't think they would have played in that weather. They do play football. They, they do play football in inclement weather, but, but once there's lightning, yeah. Well, even Rob Schneider's announcer is talking about because it's their homecoming, by the way. Yes, and it's like, oh, you know, I got word that the homecoming queen is after being struck by lightning, she's okay. 
Like, they would have called the gay. <laughs> if it was bad enough oh, yeah, I... that somebody died. The only, uh, the only football games I've ever seen delayed or canceled were because of thunderstorms. Like, they'll play in whiteout blizzard conditions, but they won't play in a thunderstorm. Skipped one thing with Kathy Ireland, the, uh, welcome to football joke. Oh, welcome to football. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the one guy is, like, threatening her, you know, just being toxic masculine, and it's like, welcome to football, and she kicks him in the nuts and says, welcome to footballs. And it was like, I mean, uh... Low-hanging fruit, but, you know. Apparently so were his balls. Yes. But we have the um, bit with Jason Bateman has to pass midterms. Classic college stuff. Especially yeah. in a sports movie. Like, we're going to help you study, and so he's got to take the test. And then he's like, I got to see. See, he's got degrees. Nothing wrong with that. And, you know, I've always joked before about, like, Jason Bateman always plays Jason Bateman. Yeah. Not here. This is, like, such a milk toast nothing character. That's true. Well, he's the rich kid. Yeah, because they go to... Dad's, like, got his name on the library and shit. Yeah, and he's, um... He makes a joke about, he's like, I got all these cheerleaders doing my homework for me. Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> like, well, Jason Bateman has never played a character that has cheerleaders doing his homework for him, so... Yeah. See, then he just got typecast later on. He had potential to be something else. Yeah. Whatever this is. <laughs> he went from, like, high school football star to essentially the lovable loser. <laughs> but he passes with a C, and we get our final game. Where they're playing against... Oh, what's the team they're playing against? I think they're supposed to be University of Texas, but... They go... They're the Colts instead of the... Longhorns and whatever. Fake University of Texas. A fake university, yeah. But they're, like, the big team. Yeah. And there's no real stakes. They're just underdogs. It's not like they're going to move on to define, you no, know... No, they're literally... I think they're 0-8-1. and at this point. Yeah, their biggest victory is that one ten tie. 10-game season, yeah, 10-game season, they've lost 8 and tied 1. So this is game 10, they're 0-8-1. Yeah, so it's just, the, the stakes here are maybe they'll win a game. And before leading into this, the coach realizes that Scott Bakula and the professor have kind of a, a romance. Yep. Not a romance, they are sleeping together. There's a yeah, scene they where are, they wake man. up in bed together. Yes, they are literally sleeping together. And um, and it's because apparently they went to the same high school, and she had a crush on him in high school. No, she went to the high school of the a rival team. Ah. And her boyfriend was on that team, and they had had a good season. And then Scott Bakula comes out and slings like five touchdowns and just kicks the shit out of them. And then suddenly she becomes all hot and bothered by by Scott Bakula. So they're the same age, roughly, is the idea. Yeah. And the the dean finds out and tries to turn it into a scandal, but they're like, no, we're consenting adults. You're really not supposed to date your professor, though. It is a conflict of interest. It is. It's not particularly ethical. Then again, neither is sexually harassing 
your employees. Yeah, because he does try to sexual harass her, which they actually get him for later. Yeah, the team president, the school president just fires him at the end of the movie on the field. Which is what happens to the evil Dean in every single movie like this. Yep. Um, Didn't they fire the evil Dean in Animal House? Probably. I don't remember. (laughs) And so they get their final game and it starts off terrible. Well, first of all, the the coach, straight arrow Gennaro, random heart attack. Well, what looks like a heart attack. Well, yeah, it looks like a heart attack. Um, and so he's in the hospital when this game is going on. And you get one of my favorite scenes in the movie where Robert Loggia comes to visit him in the hospital. He's like handing down his playbook like he's dying. Yeah, it's a, this whole scene. And he keeps a... saying, I'm not dying. I'm just loaning this to you. <laughs> You're acting like they're running tests, man. You're acting like full-on Brian's song here. Yeah, so they call it full of Brian's That's right. And, um, you know, and they're losing pretty bad going into halftime. Like, the the other team, from kickoff, they make a 96 return for a touchdown. 96-yard yeah. touchdown from kickoff. Yeah, it did not start well. And so they're they're down at halftime, and the we also find out. Oh wait, no, no, we get the halftime speech. I have to do the halftime speech because I liked the halftime speech here. Robert Lozier just like <laughs> fucking loses it, and he's screaming and cussing. He's like, "Fuck them up, tear their fucking heads off, and shit down their necks." <laughs> That's now, right. Let us pray. Let us pray. And um. It works, because they, they go out there, and they start turning the game around. Mr. Straight Arrow comes back. Turns out, indigestion. Yeah. It's not fatal, is it? No, only in Mexico. That's right. That's what the doctor says. <laughs> and I'm like, is that racist? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it can't. Montezuma's Revenge is a, is a thing. And so they... Finally get um, within a point. They make this touchdown, and there's like seconds in the game, and they're one point down. So it's like, are they going to tie the game with a a kick, or are they going to go for two? And they decide to do the two-point conversion. Which is the correct call when you're 0-8-1. Yeah, and another loss doesn't matter, but you can show like you can majorly upset a team. And I like that it's a little different here because usually when you have these final game things like Varsity Blues, it's that one big touchdown. Yeah. Here it's all about like a two point conversion, so it's not some big yeah, giant like fire the ball halfway across the field kind of play. Right. Um, it's just him and he throws the ball. Um, they run a, uh, they run a a trick play where he tosses it to the receiver and the receiver throws it to, uh, on the outside for the touchdown. But they have E Honda there. It was like, nobody will touch you. That's right. Well, cause to the first half of the game. He sacked every that single play. That dude from the bar was just, yeah, that dude from the bar is just like up in his grill constantly. 
Yeah, and even Scott Baggins was like, can we block him at some point? <laughs> yeah, he was saying like eight times the first eight plays. <laughs> it was brutal. So he, um, they, they make the play, they win the game. But again, it's not like they're going to championships or anything. Nope. Just upset this team. They just, Bill Conti's score comes in. Just it's big. Guitars Bill fucking railing. All the sounds of con- victory that Conti is good at. And it's... Oh, Nobody they, does that better, really. Nope. And they, they're even dunking Gatorade on the go- coach. It's every mm. single game-winning cliche. Yep. You know, and... Oh, I forgot that, that play... He throws the ball to uh, Jason Bateman, who just stands in the end zone going, I have the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and it just ends big, and that's that's the end of the movie, basically. Yeah. This movie, I mean, I guess it made money. It was popular enough to earn a television series. Um, But it's pretty... Oh, well, it was a television series on the USA Network in 2013, so that's hardly... Oh, that, is, that doesn't count. I don't even think it's... That was when USA was, like, circling the drain. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think... Is this even based on the... Oh, no, no, there's... Oh, it lasted three seasons. Wow. Well, I guess that's... It's like Netflix or USA. Those are your uh, options if you want to make a show last longer than it should. Oh, but this show, it's not based off. It's its a football-based thing, but it's about uh, female psychologists who worked for the New York Jets. Oh, wow. that's It's about okay. the therapist for a professional football team. I mean, that could be amusing, but it doesn't seem like they should be using the same name. <laughs> no. So that, that series has nothing to do with this. It's that series that came along 21 years later. But, no, the movie, it's pretty basic football like we're talking about the the sacred of the how sacred the topic of football is in movies you know with varsity blues yeah and i think this one is just writing on that it's likable i mean it's not a terrible movie i think it's a lot of fun like i said it's major league for football it is i mean major league's a better movie but like you know if you like that sort of goofy sports comedy this will scratch that itch I mean, it's the police academy kind of comedy where it's like you have your lovable gang of losers that finally pull it out at the end. Yeah. Which, Major League as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But it is very, like, every sports movie cliche is in here. And that's what makes it exploitation, really, is it is just every cliche. Right. But, again, Bill Conti soundtrack. Bill Conti soundtrack, yes. I mean, that's worth it just of, it, of itself. Oh, I just found here a list of the um, all the pro football players that are in the prison bus. Yeah. The two I know, right, there's Dick Buckkiss and Herschel Walker. Yep, Herschel Walker. There's a lot of Hall of Famers in that list. These were like big stars at the time. Yeah, and there's a Vander Holyfield. And yeah, and a Vander Holyfield for reasons. But yeah, Herschel Walker, who's uh, notorious now. 
Yeah. But we won't get into but, that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, uh, I don't know. I liked it. I know. It's a good scene. I mean, but this movie, like, Vars- well, Varsity Blues was all about good scenes that had emotional depth. Yeah. That just, they didn't, co- they didn't make a good mosaic. It was just scenes that had emotional depth. This one is, there's a lot of funny scenes that are likable and goofy. Right, the characters are fun. Yeah. This movie has zero emotional depth, nor does no, it even attempt to. No, it doesn't even, it's not pretending to be emotionally deep. No, but again, it's... It's um, just being funny. But all those funny scenes, they're just... They don't make a movie. It's just... Because like we said about the players, yeah. we don't really know who the players are. I think one of them is a samurai. Yeah, I think that's what they call him. It has a funny scene where he literally... You know, oh, that's one of my favorite uh, Rob Schneider lines. Goes, that was a clean kick to the face. Oh, yeah. No, it was a clean kick to the face mask. Clean kick to the face mask. Why, why is the ref calling that? That was a clean kick to the face mask. And that's when the, the, the ref comes out and is trying to explain these karate moves or whatever. Yeah. And gives up. He's like, yeah. <laughs> trying to explain what was wrong with all of the stuff that he's doing. It's good. But yeah, but I, it's a fun movie. Like it's, it is fun, know, yeah. I mean, it's not. This is not an award winner. This is something you want to go out and laugh. And there's some good quotable stuff. And characters and actors are all likable. So there's nothing special about it, but it's fun. Uh, Sinbad is very underutilized. He is, and he's good too. That's the thing. Is like when you do get scenes with him, and he's actually really fun. He is. Um, but then he's got some great lines. His character has no development he's just like a person <laughs> yeah i mean they're all like you know they're they're cardboard cutouts they're two-dimensional i mean look this movie is not we're not talking about we're not trying to make some grand statement mercy blues is trying to do something this is like let's make people laugh with a, with a silly football movie yep and, and, uh, and a rocking bill conti score and it was interesting having a movie that didn't have paul walker in it yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, because next week, we're doing Paul Walker in Joyride. Yeah, well, you know, Paul Walker's exploitation. Yes, that, we'll, we'll just change the name of our podcast to the Paul Walker Show. <laughs> the Paul Walker Show. I just watch every Paul... No, no, we're not doing Cult to Paul Walker. This is not something I'm backing into. He will not bait me into well, we've practically done half of them. Okay, yeah, that's true. We have pretty much done all of his movies. I mean, it's not like there's an ongoing filmography anymore. No, he is a uh, his his filmography has has ceased to be. Though there are several more Fast and the Furious movies that he's in. I think he was in up to five or six. Yeah, he was in quite a lot, and he would have kept being in them too if he hadn't Fast and Furious himself to death. Seven. He was in set, he was in Furious Seven in 2015, so we've got many more Fast and Furious movies you want to watch. But yep, next week is Joyride with Paul Walker, Steve Zahn, and Lily Sobieski. Uh that's a that's a fun cast. This could be pretty entertaining. I hope so. Of course, it could also just be awful. We'll find out. 
Yep, we will find out. We will see you then. So that was Necessary Roughness. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check our website, exploitatpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at PodcastExploit, or Instagram, at ExploitatPodcast, or contact us at exploitatpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for Joyride. Joyride.